Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Good evening, welcome to this week's Man of the Post Extra Time. I'm your host, I'm Chris. Uh, do, we do apologise for the non-release of the podcast last week. We did have some audio issues, unfortunately. Um, with me, I will be introducing people who will be announcing their names followed by their favourite ABBA song. Uh, we've got Alex. Good evening. Uh, the winner takes it all. We've got Laura. Uh, hello. And uh, what's the name of the game? Really? Mm, great song. Deep cut. Yeah. Ross? Hello. Uh, knowing me, knowing you. That's one of the right answers. Oh. <laughs> Brian? Um, oh, I don't actually know. Uh, would take a chance on me? Well, well there you go. Say, say the day before you came. <laughs> did, did you just guess that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounded like genuinely as we've discussed many times, I am a young un. <laughs> Furiously what's looking an... through Spotify. Quickly, <laughs> just type into Google "what's an hour" <laughs> and see what comes up. Um, does anyone remember Bjorn again? Abba tribute band. Yeah. Well, they were at Glastonbury and they were singing Ross's "Know Me, Knowing You" around the same time that Alan Partridge came out. Awesome. So, of course, when they sang that, everybody gave an Alan Partridge "Aha" back again, <laughs> and they got so pissed off they walked off stage. <laughs> Uh, right, well, this week we're going to be talking about um, the Europa League final very briefly. Briefly, very briefly, we very will briefly. be. Yeah. Um, Laura will indulge us with some playoffs. Um, and we'll be talking about uh, where you can and can't leave a pipe bomb these days. Um, <laughs> bit of a couple of bits of Euro 2016, and the FA Cup final this weekend. And if anyone can remember the first meeting of these two at the FA Cup final in 1990. That makes me feel a whole lot better because I can. Uh, no. Sorry, that was before my time. Two years before my time. Sorry. Laura, Laura, I'm looking at you. <laughs> I missed the question. Sorry. Do you remember the 1990 FA Cup final? Do you remember the, first the past, time? Laura? Yeah. <laughs> the, the olden days. Vaguely. Oh, excellent. There we go. Uh, right, well, Seville 3, um, Liverpool 1. Danny Sturridge uh, scored a moral victory for Liverpool by getting the best goal of the night. Lovely strike. That's fantastic, wasn't it? Uh, and then a goal from Garmiero and uh, Anduja Moreno, is it? I've got no idea. I was crying by this point. <laughs> <laughs> I drank a bottle of wine after the game. Fed <laughs> <laughs> up. Um, it, if ever the phrase "a game of two halves" was written, it was written for this match, wasn't it? Who saw this one? Not me. I was at work. I was getting text updates from the Man on the Post group. They were very much in the uh, Liverpool. Don't want half time to come, camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very much so. Did anybody else see it? I saw the goals, but that's about it. Yeah. No, I was watching Accrington, Accrington Stanley. That's right, you were, weren't you? You were keeping it real. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, I come to you. 
Uh, um, I was playing football manager. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we talk about your football manager instead? <laughs> uh, you can if you want. Who were you? Um, I'm I'm doing another Moneyball save with um, with Livorno this time. With who? Uh, Livorno. Oh, yeah. AS Livorno Calcio, the uh, hipsters' club of choice. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm writing it up for a website, so um, I had to indulge that. Which is very good, by the way. I read it the other day. Oh, I'm very enjoying you. it. Yeah, so the 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 next one's out on Friday, so. I won't tell you what happened, so I don't want to spoil it. I was going to say, please, spoiler alert. (laughs) No, I'm far too professional for that. (laughs) Not really. (laughs) You watched the game, didn't you? I did, right. That monologue I said. (laughs) I'm actually by default going to have to do it. Everyone get comfy. Right, okay. Well, Liverpool took the lead. Um, They had the goal disallowed uh, with Sturridge being offside. Should really have had at least one penalty. Um, Who saw the pan ball with Firmino? Did anybody see that? No. Uh, ball brushes by um, uh, severe um, defender. Um, I think it was Daniel Carrillo, and then he kind of brought down Firmino as well. So there was at least two penalties he could have had there. Um, and then ten seconds into the second half, uh, Alberto Moreno forgets that he actually left Seville, uh, joined Liverpool, <laughs> and uh, had a complete meltdown. I get the feeling he's going to be shipped out in the summer. I think he might well be. Yeah. We've never really replaced Risa Crispus, John Honorisa. Oh, what a left foot. <laughs> Brilliant player. Always scored against Chelsea. <laughs> I get a feeling well, he scored majority... for Chelsea as well in the Champions League, I remember that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the majority of that back four or five might be shipped out, actually, apart from Klein. And Sacco, who can't go anywhere. Oh, yeah. Lovren, Torre, and Moreno can all go, can they? I think Lovren has done okay the last few weeks. He may have played himself back in, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Torre, I think he's just too. I mean, Torre was immense last night. He was absolutely fantastic. He's by far and away our best player. Um, James Milner said we never really showed up in the second half. Um, and uh, Daniel Carrillo also said we won, and our star Antonio Puerto is up there watching us because he was a player quite a few years ago who played for them and collapsed and died on the pitch didn't he if anyone remembers that one yeah. yeah I do remember that yeah very very sad um, yeah. Sevilla won five out of the last 11 Europa League finals that's which crazy, is their thing yeah this person yeah, in the... go on Laura sorry. I was just going to say Spain's record in Europe's uh, pretty fantastic at the moment isn't it well the last time Sevilla won away in Europe was the um, Europa League final last year <laughs> <laughs> efficient I like it yeah. I think it's, isn't that the last time that Seville won away full stop? Mm. Yes, they, they didn't manage it at all, did they? No, no, they've got a terrible, terrible away record, and then it's a final, and it's fine. They suddenly remember how to play football or something. Yeah, and um, well, their manager. I was listening on another a, podcast. I like to nick things from. Um, I can't remember his name, but he Unai Emery. That's the one. He got Valencia, didn't he, to three successive Champions League group stages, and then he's um, he's won three successive Europa Leagues with Seville. Yeah, he finished third with Valencia three seasons in a row, which they've never repeated. And then when he left, they they kind of imploded and had to sell off a load of players and were strapped with debt and stuff. So um, he's he's a very very good manager. It's very surprising. He's he's still there, is it? Why would you want to leave? 
I've never been to Seville. I mean, I'm sure it's... Mm. I imagine it's quite nice. Yeah. Oh, so Seville's supposed to be one of the most beautiful cities in Spain. But, uh, I mean, in terms of, you know, you've got a successful squad. He's obviously got the, the backing of the chairman because there's a fair degree of rotation. They bring players in. Um, you know, it, it seems like a sensible thing to, to stay there and continue to have success. But they keep hitting that ceiling, don't they, of getting to the Champions League and going out in the group stages or the sort of early part of the tournament. Yeah, he brings a bit of silverware every year. Mm. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, even if they, you know, they go out of the Champions League every year, to still back that up and win the Europa League anyway, it's still a lot that fans are going to want, regardless. Would you rather win the Europa League or get to the first knockout round and go out of the Champions League? You don't think that if a if a quote unquote bigger team came knocking for him, you might be tempted to think, what could I do with a bigger budget and better players? I can imagine that he's probably already had a couple of offers. Just, just the success that he's had, it would to me make no sense that he hasn't had at least one or two offers from some club um, because of, of his success it just yeah you, you think there's probably been a couple of sort of feelers sent out and he's probably said well you know I'm working with this team at the moment I'm happy and it's probably not gone any further but I can imagine people have been interested um, Liverpool next season how do you think I, I still come out of this feeling quite positive I'd rather have Klopp than anybody else in charge of our club um, he was saying himself no European football next season means we still get to sort of work in training on the things that he wants he can put his mark on the club both in training and with players still being linked with Mario Goetze <laughs> I'd going to tease you along all summer Chris that is. Well, I know. I'd happily sell my least favourite child to bring him <laughs> which one's that that one names <laughs> <laughs> they might listen to this one day. <laughs> could be either of them um I think anyway, you're in a very good position. I can I say, is the future rosy with us? I'd like to think so. I think Klopp is going to have his opportunity. I mean, let's be honest, he, I mean, a lot of people were saying last night that it was Roger's squad, really. And, yeah, it is, isn't it? And, and Klopp, he's a manager that probably wants to take his time. He wants to mould the squad into his image. And the tactics are getting there, obviously, but he's not really had an opportunity to really mould that team. And as Ross said, you know, there's going to be quite a few people going. Um, probably a couple of additions and you know having no Euro- European football could be a blessing in disguise we've seen it before where teams end up doing a lot better if they've got no European football and it will give Liverpool like you. well yeah I mean well Liverpool did, <laughs> did, well, didn't Liverpool do it a couple of seasons ago that's when they the league, second... didn't they yeah, that yeah, was they had Luis Suarez though well yeah, you got Ben Teke now come on Chris <laughs> Benteke is not staying let's be honest but I think it's a good opportunity for Klopp to sort of take the season and sort of you know work on his tactics work with the team get some players in and it could end up being a really good situation actually there's two things I took from last night first one is uh, I admire Klopp's ballsiness for pretty much sacrificing going higher in the league by playing the kids to concentrate on the Europa League and to try and get that Champions League place I like the fact he gambled and he took a risk even though it didn't pay off um, and also uh, the fact that I didn't think we would have got anywhere near both the League Cup final and the Europa League final if Brendan was still in charge no definitely not no um, the, one, the, one, the one thing I did get fed up with last night was the amount of uh, Sacco Coke jokes <laughs> <laughs> Just the amount of cocaine jokes generally, isn't it? It's 
when when Twitter thinks it's got something original and you see the same fucking gag <laughs> yes. trotted out a hundred different times. Do you remember when the wrong black man was sent off at Chelsea for the oh, Chelsea versus Arsenal the, thing? That was the best day that, ever. Oh, that bloody joke where he who was it? He kept telling saying you've sent the wrong man off to the referee and the referee turned round to Oxley Chamberlain and said pipe down Walcott or something. God, <laughs> that joke went round for bloody weeks. Oh god. Yeah. Like John Terry in his kit. Yes. Oh, yes, exactly. Yeah, that's still, that's still one that goes around, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, right, well, that's the, the painful part done out of the way. Laura, would you like some happiness? Yes, please. And I meant that in a non-creepy way. <laughs> we'll clip that, Chris. <laughs> that's the title of the podcast, isn't it? Sure. <laughs> well, a long time ago, I did buy Laura a drink and she still didn't want to sleep with me, so it's very classic. <laughs> You can't teach class like that. Um, <laughs> your boys are in the um, the playoff final, aren't they? Who, who are your boys, first of all? They are... Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday. They drew 1-1 one, one with Brighton, didn't they? They did. Uh, to go through what on aggregate? 3-1 uh, in, in total. Okay. Back in August, who's the name uh, of your manager? Sorry? Who's the, What's the name of your manager? Carlos Carvalho. That's it. I couldn't pronounce it. That's why I asked you to. Carvalhal. Yeah. Uh, when he was appointed back in August, did you think playoffs? Did you think mid-table? Or please just don't go down? He just went, who is he? <laughs> Everybody went, we have no idea who you are. Uh, and then we shipped out a load of players and brought in a, a, a lot more players. So was... we had no idea. Of course we had no idea. <laughs> so what were your expectations in August? Your, uh, your personal ones? stay up. Just to stay up. Yeah, because like with any new team that, that you just sort of fling together, um, you, th- you have no idea how they're going to gel, what kind of uh, play the new manager's going to have, especially when you know nothing about him. You've no idea how he's, uh, what his tactics are, how he likes to play. We honestly had no idea what was going to happen. And at what point did you think that something special is happening this season? I think when we got to Christmas... And the Christmas fixtures, we were winning like three, four, one, just, and that was without our best defender as well, who was injured. Tom Lees was injured at the time. Oh. Uh, thanks, <laughs> what was that for? It was Ross. We gave him the Sheffield Wednesday for <laughs> free. Did. For free. He <laughs> said it was shit, and he's not. Well, he was, but he was managed by Neil Warnock at the time. I was going to so, say, that's because you know. Neil Warnock ruined him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no bad words against Neil Warnock. Yes, you're the only person in the world that likes him. Yeah. <laughs> Even Sharon he's looking for a new, well, As I say, he's looking for a new job now anyway. You know, he might turn up somewhere that we all like. Has he left Rotherham, has he? He's due yeah. QPR and he's been gone for too long. <laughs> That's really annoying because every because he's got a holiday home down here in Cornwall and every team he manages he brings down here. So we've had Leeds and QPR in recent years. He lives down there permanently. Yeah. Oh, does he? Yeah, he yeah. lives there. Which yeah, is he moaned that it was too far to get to Leeds. He's a part-time manager. <laughs> Basically, Kevin Blightwell just runs his team for him during the week. He turns up on a Friday and goes, you're picked, you're picked, you're picked. On you go, sunshine. And then he goes back to Devon. Cornwall. Too much. Cornwall. Not Devon. Right. Oh, God, I was an angry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, Kevin Blackwell and Neil Warnock must be two of the most popular manager combinations in the Football League. Uh, awesome. We've had Absolutely both. Awesome. <laughs> um, so... You started believing around about Christmas time. You've got in the playoffs now. Did you think you'd get through? Did you think... I, I, I thought you would, because I thought 
Brighton took a hell of a hit on the last game of the season, didn't they? They did put everything into that Borough match, didn't they? <coughs> There's always this sort of myth about third place, but it seems to be proving true this season because all the third place teams in each of the leagues have capitulated, haven't they? So, uh... And are you confident of the final? Do you know what? I am never confident about Wednesday, but weirdly I am this season. I just I looked at that whole performance on Tuesday night against against Derby and thought we can have these. <laughs> I think Hull thought they were through and just took their foot off the gas, didn't they? Well, Derby came out. They they did what Brighton did on Monday night. They just came out hell for leather. I mean, I've not seen a perform a, a tenacious performance like Brighton pulled out of the bag the first half on Monday night. They were just it was just relentless. That was the hardest part of the playoffs for you. That first half. That first half was it just was non-stop, wasn't it? It was, it was just constant. Just like, right like, like, that uh, knockout was just mm. to say he was injured on on the Friday match on the first leg. Uh, he came back and he clearly wanted it, and uh, we just couldn't stop them. They were just coming at us constantly. Uh, well. So you're through to the final now, and you're going to play Derby, who beat um, Hull. that Hull. No, sorry, Hull. sorry, I'm reading the wrong bit. Hull beat Derby three to an aggregate, but Derby won on Tuesday night, didn't they? They did. They won two 0 on Tuesday. Um, I know a follow on Derby fan on Twitter. He was absolutely furious after the first leg, and I, I, he got the impression that the players just couldn't really be asked, which is a really <laughs> weird thing. I don't know whether it's that they couldn't be asked. I think Hull played particularly well. But I think once the first and second goals went in for Hull, Derby just completely folded. They had no answer whatsoever. They were so toothless in front of goal. Whereas I think when they came when they went to Hull, they they were trying to show what they were capable of. And I think they almost had it. It's just that they tied themselves out. They, they again, had an amazing first half. But they were so knackered by the second half that they just couldn't get that third goal in to try and get to extra time. Um, I think they haven't really progressed since they've binned off Paul Clement, have they? Well, they haven't progressed at all. They, this is like their third season now where they've uh, tried for promotion and just failed at the last hurdle. The new Cardiff, aren't they? Did anybody see the Hull fan confront Andy Keogh at the end as they ran on the pitch? Yeah. That was rather amusing. I have to say, I wouldn't want to confront Andy Keogh myself. He seems quite a big lad, doesn't he? He was a lot taller than that lad who were offering him out. Sorry? He was a lot taller than the lad he was offering out. He did. Did anybody see the Liverpool fan on Sky Sports News yesterday? Uh, He got punched in the face. Yes. He was giving it the big in on Sky Sports News yesterday morning or yesterday afternoon. Uh, the picture was later doing the rounds of him as his face was just getting smashed. <laughs> Not that we condone violence, but it was well, rather amusing. Uh, well, did you see there was one fan that ran onto the pitch and got a sad selfie with Coutinho? Yes, he didn't look very happy with that at all, did he? A sad selfie? Yeah, because obviously he described oh. it. Coutinho was obviously pretty cut up after the games. I was looking at Coutinho's stats actually from the second half. <laughs> Did you see this on Scorker? No, I'd rather yeah. not. No shots on target, no chances created, no take-ons and no crosses. He had an absolute shock. He might as well just sat down in the centre circle. 
I, I saw someone tweet like, "Can't believe Klopp didn't play Coutinho." <laughs> <laughs> um, I quite like to see Sheffield Wednesday come back. Hull have had a go in recent years, haven't they? Uh, they're looking to bounce straight back to the Premier League. This is Derby's ninth consecutive season in the Championship, but. Hull have had a, a, a go in recent times in the Premier League. I quite like to see Sheffield. Is it our turn? Is that what you're saying? I'd like. Well, it's not so much your turn. It's nice to see new teams in there. Anybody else got any opinion as to who they want, Wednesday or Hull, Alex? Uh, Wednesday, obviously. Yes, only because she's next to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, I think um, I think that point about having the opportunity to see new teams in in the Premier League and and sharing some of that television revenue around is is a legit one um and yeah hull have been up there recently so why not see what somebody else can do i'd quite like to see hillsborough back as a premier league ground mm. because there's too many lego stadiums in the <laughs> premier league and i have some to have like a proper old stadium because at the moment of course there's only two stadiums from euro 96 in the premier league now um, now that newcastle have gone down wow. well there's a stat yeah old trafford and anfield i think Davosuka. Yes, that was the um, okay. that was the lobby of Schmeichel, wasn't it? Hillsborough? It was, yeah. Yes. Well. So yeah, I'd like you to come up for those reasons. Okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Ross and Ryan, any preferences either way? Ross, any point asking you? Can I not comment on this? Well, yeah. <laughs> Who do you hate more, Hull or um? Well, you hate everyone, don't, I don't you? Really? really hate Wednesday. I hate United a lot more. Really? Why is that? They just Shopping. seem to think that they're a really big club and they're a nothing club Wednesday <coughs> are a big club and I don't particularly like Hull because they seem to think they're in Yorkshire for some reason <laughs> which they're definitely not so I, yeah I'd like to see Wednesday back up there they're a big club in terms of history of football and yeah plus who wants to see Steve Bruce every week as well there's a Newcastle fan who's absolutely looking forward to playing Leeds. He can't wait to <laughs> batter you, he says. Oh, is, there, is, there a, is that a big <laughs> thing as well, is it? He's in for a rude awakening in the championship. <laughs> yeah, they certainly are. Um, no, I quite like Newcastle, if I'm honest. Yeah? Yeah, I want Rafa to stay, that's for sure. Oh, right, so there's no antipathy between you, then? I'm not aware of. I mean, Leeds fans do hate most other clubs, but I don't know, I quite like Newcastle. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Ryan, do you want to go up? Any preference? Um, Sheffield Wednesday, based on yeah everything you've said, really, yeah, Hull had their opportunity a couple of seasons ago, and it was pretty underwhelming. So it'd be good to see um, someone else come in and give well, it a we go. We could be equally as underwhelming. No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not debating that fact. <laughs> the, the, the Premier League getting becoming such more competitive league that you know it'll be very interesting to see another club come in there and see what they can do. Can do a Bournemouth. Yeah, I mean, you never know. You might end up winning the league in two years. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tom Leeds is the last of those Leeds Youth Academy players that hasn't made the Premier League yet, so I'm, I'm supporting Tom Leeds if they go up. <laughs> um, league One playoffs tomorrow night is Millwall versus Bradford. Millwall winning three one in aggregate. Um, tonight is I was going to say the, oh, Wal- the uh, Warsaw Aston Villa derby is getting further away, isn't it? I don't know. Just next season, Villa will be down there. Yeah, season <laughs> after next. Yeah. Well, Barnsley have fallen up in aggregate at the minute, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah, another trip to Wembley for them. Yeah, they're still cruising it. Yeah. Mm. So another couple of years before they're back in the Premier League and running on the pitch, complaining about conspiracies. <laughs> <laughs> they don't remember that when they played Liverpool that time in the Premier League. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just Barnsley being in the Premier League is just a weird concept, isn't it? <laughs> is they one. nearly, they nearly stayed up, didn't they? They did, yeah. 
That's when Neil Redfern was going through his pays of playing for each promoted team, only for them to go down again. Oh, good old Reds. <laughs> right, well, this is where we're all interested about. This is it the League Two playoffs, isn't it? <laughs> That's why. <I'm> <laughs> uh, right, we'll build up to what you guys want to talk about. Laura. Hello. You watched. I think you were the one, weren't you? You watched Acklington uh, Stanley versus the one, Yeah. Good yeah. <laughs> <Pretty> match. <laughs> I've got the Liverpool game on in on the radio in the background, but I got very tired of um, um, Mark Lawrence and um, oh god, I've forgotten his name. Green. Green. Yeah. Oh, it is man. Just <laughs> oh, it was just a Liverpool loving, and I just couldn't stand it anymore. So I wanted to get my money's worth out of Sky this month. So oh, okay, so that finished two two, did it? It did, yeah. And three two to Wimbledon on aggregate. Yeah, and um, added extra time, yeah. Yes, because there was a floodlight failure, wasn't there? Yeah, that was funny. There was smoke coming out of it. Was there? Yeah. What happened there, then? The lights went out, but what, in detail, what happened? <laughs> About eight minutes before the end of uh, extra time, they just went into darkness on one side of the ground. And when they sort of panned up, it was um, it was smoking out of the top of the, oh, uh, the floodlights. But there was still enough light to play, but it took them ages to... To debate whether they were going to carry on or not, and then there were loads of fans uh, inside the ground and sort of on the um, perimeter, holding up their mobile torches, <laughs> trying to light up the pitch. It was fun <laughs> too. It was great. Like an Elton John concert. Yeah. <laughs> I was at Fratton Park when Leeds played Pompey and the floodlights failed twice in the same game. It just, they just kept going off. They just not pay their bill or something. Yeah. yeah well, yeah, that's what I thought. But they were blaming it on a local outage. It's oh, so some... going through their lack of money phase. Pompey no, probably <laughs> hooked up to some moody generator rather than <laughs> proper fucking thing anyway. <laughs> right, well, let's talk about this then, shall we, guys? Plymouth 1, Portsmouth 0. Um, somebody called Hartley. I didn't get his first name. Peter. J- JR. Peter <laughs> Hartley. <laughs> um, scored in the 91st minute for a 3 to aggregate win for Mighty Plymouth. Um, I'll come to Alex and then Ross, because okay. you've obviously got vested interest in this. Uh-huh. You're a Southampton fan, aren't you, Alex? I am indeed. So you had some feelings of sympathy for your fellow South Coast <laughs> neighbours. Um, okay, look. To be fair, <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, I, I, I'm not one of those belligerent fans that that hates people for no discernible reason, and I do feel that that what happened to Portsmouth in terms of uh, going totally broke and then through fan action resurrecting the club was actually really, really impressive. Um, that doesn't mean I want them to do well, though. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I, I, also, Plymouth, we, we took Paul Sturrock off Plymouth. Um, and he managed us. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, like a little hobbit on the touchline, he was. Um <laughs> And so I have a certain affection for, for Plymouth there. So, yeah, like it's not abject hatred for Pompey, but on, on balance, I'm pleased with that result. <laughs> well, Sky trying to build this up as a derby. I think the they've done this in the past, haven't they? That's oh, it, yeah. they, Sky try and build everything up as a derby, though, don't they? Yeah. I mean, like, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> Barnsley are 5-0 up, by the way. Oh, I mean. <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought in a League Two playoff that one of these teams used to have Terebo West and Emil Impenza play for them? <laughs> and it, not the former Premier League team either. Yeah, exactly. Yes, indeed. Uh, Ross, you um, you got a feeling towards Portsmouth. Oh, this is hilarious. 
What are you, <laughs> being a, being a uh, Leeds fan? What are your feelings towards Portsmouth then? I live in Gosport, so I'm surrounded by the fuckers. They're everywhere. <laughs> oh, is this this is local bants, is it? Yeah, I hate Portsmouth with a desire that it's it's stronger than any other club. They. You needed Emeron for Ballon. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why do you live in Gosport, man? <laughs> <laughs> um, my dad was in the navy. Yeah, it's a long story. And we're, okay, we're, we're still here now. But uh, yeah, it's um, the, the fans—they're just the most arrogant set of fans I've ever met in my life. They mm. believe they're a big club, but they're not a big club. They couldn't three of them are on this podcast. Well, yeah, exactly. They don't listen. It's fine. They couldn't sell out Fratton Park in the Premier League. It's a nineteen thousand seat stadium. They're, they're where they belong to be, I think, and just to see them lose in this fashion was hilarious. There was two warnings before the goal. There was three crosses into the box, which the, the, their defenders just stood and watched as Plymouth fan, uh, Plymouth striker, I think it's uh, Matt or Mallet, the guy that should have been sent off in the first leg before he scored two, um, just hit straight at the keeper. And then the corner came in, and the, the keeper just stands there and watches it fly over his head before it gets bundled into the net. Brilliant ending. And then a heartwarming tale of Luke McCormick at Wembley. Yeah, that aside, I don't particularly like Plymouth, but <laughs> they're not Portsmouth. So. Oh, fair enough. Ryan, Portsmouth, do you like Portsmouth? I, I don't really have an opinion either way, to be honest. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> fair enough. Um, Portsmouth are... It's, historically, Portsmouth have some claim to being a reasonably sized club, though. I mean, they did win back-to-back first division championships. Mm. Much as it pains me to say that, it is true. <laughs> Didn't they hold the FA Cup for six years? But that's only because the Second World War had broken out. <laughs> yeah, it's not as if they defended it for five of those years. No, that's, <laughs> that's true. But they, it's still they, a record, OK? <laughs> yeah, but they, they they won the First Division 48-49 uh, and then 49-50. Um, so, you know, they, they've, they do have some pedigree. And also Arthur Conan Doyle played in goal for them before oh, they yeah. became proper Portsmouth. Which is a good fact. Yeah. Um, right, we're speaking of crimes and Arthur Conan Doyle. Manchester United 3, Bournemouth 1. Who felt really, really sorry for the man giving his press conference on Monday, was it, when he apologised for his contracting business leaving that fake bomb in there? No. I felt, <laughs> did you know, I, I felt terrible for him because it obviously wasn't him that left it there, but it's his company that did it. So he's obviously got to front up and come out and, and say these things. It looked really, really dis- distraught. I think, though, as a company who are training people to scour for these kinds of items, <laughs> they would go around and check. Everyone, everyone's <laughs> human. <laughs> yeah, but this is the thing, like, seriously, like, do you, would they... If they're a big company, surely they've got some sort of inventory or some sort of stock thing at the end of the day. So they go, you know what, guys, we're missing one. And someone yeah. goes, no, nah, don't worry about it. It's probably in the back somewhere. <laughs> they thought, oh, ultra yeah. massive. It's not going to look great. <laughs> yeah, probably just like walked out and gone, there's one left. Oh, I'm not walking around that again. <laughs> oh, no. Probably just thinking, ah, stuff it. No one will notice. <laughs> Sorry, Alex, you were going to say something. No, I, 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 well, I mean, these, the, 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 the caliber of people that are involved in stadium security, and I say this as, as a former police officer who spent time with these sorts of people, it's not enormously impressive. <laughs> and I remember when I was working uh, during the Rugby World Cup at Twickenham, 
um, for their official site, uh, there was a, a security scare. Well, it was a little bit more than a scare, to be fair. So three lads managed to get in and um, what's it called? They base jumped from the roof of Twickenham Stadium onto the pitch and they filmed it and they put the video on YouTube and they weren't caught at any point. And in fact, at one point, the, the, the camera quite clearly shows them looking across and seeing a security guard who sat there studiously on his mobile phone <laughs> as this <laughs> fellow is like, paragliding down or whatever. Um, and, it, you know, that after that had happened, all of a sudden security gets ramped up. But I think, you know, we are talking about buildings that house tens of thousands of people a time when security is a substantial issue and the Euros are coming up, I think he had every reason to be enormously apologetic. Um, yeah, OK, it disrupts a lot of fans and, and that's a shame. But, you know, this this is security is a very, very serious issue when you've got lots and lots of people together like that. And, and they are just pissing about again. I think it's very disappointing. You know, I think it's a conveniently timed... <sighs> not what word is really, but... It... The whole thing in itself is conveniently timed before the start of the Euros. I've seen lots of people thinking it's like a, not a conspiracy as such, but it's kind of a a trial as to what would happen to evacuate evacuate a stadium. Uh, no, no. I think I think the stadia stadium evacuation plans are are all quite um, quite sort of thoroughly thought out, and and obviously how how they do stuff in in France and how they respond to terrorist incidents is going to be different anyway because they've they've obviously suffered horribly there within the last year and 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 at a football stadium specifically so um i think that be you know security over there will be much much more heightened but i think in terms of if i were of nefarious intent and you know associated with some sort of terrorist group i'd be looking at that and going oh right okay well <laughs> you know maybe that's what we should be thinking of doing instead um and and to be honest i'm always surprised whenever i go to big sporting events just how easy it would be to do something like that well to um, be fair the, the, the nights of the paris attacks two suicide bombers were turned away from the stade de france weren't they uh no one was turned away i think um but I, I mean, I'm talking about. I, I can't speak for for France because I've not attended matches there in any capacity. But certainly, in terms of, of policing football matches in England, um, the because of the way it works, the the clubs have to pay the police a certain amount of money if uh, officers are deployed, say, within mm. the view of the pitch area, yeah. um, and they don't have to pay them if. If they're not, or they don't have to pay them so much, so the numbers of officers are consistently being reduced. Everything is done pretty much by CCTV now, if it can be. Um, and instead, you're putting it in the hands of, of stewards. And I'm not saying that stewards are, are, are bad people or anything like that, but you know, it, it's the, the level of training, the level of of, um, of experience is clearly not as high as as if you had lots of police officers there. I just think they're very very soft targets. Getting things into a stadium seems to be getting much easier. Look at all the the recent things with Charlton. Mm. The amount of beach balls, tennis balls, everything they've brought into stadiums. Yeah, and and that, that inside of those tennis balls. You know, it's, in in a in a funny sort of way, it's it's because actually stadium security is almost a victim of its own success because with the diminishing, significant diminishing of crowd trouble 
people used to be searched for for weapons, glass bottles, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And obviously, there are rules about what can be sold within stadiums now as well. And so there is less attentiveness to that sort of thing because actually people aren't trying to smuggle in a Stanley knife to go and, you know, do the opposition. Um, but the upshot of that is that it is that much easier to smuggle other stuff in if you're so inclined. I got in with some knitting into Hillsborough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always impressed with it at, at St Mary's. They, you buy a bottle of Coke and they always take, they take the lid from you. Like you yeah, because... Take the whole bottle. I mean, Southampton's notorious for its crowd trouble, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I had the straw of a Ribena carton taken off me at Filbert Street. (laughs) (laughs) I did some damage with the little straw. (laughs) I always get annoyed. This is slightly off the point, but I I don't drink alcohol. And every time I buy a fucking drink in a pub, they give me a straw like I'm a (laughs) three-year-old. It's like... It's like it's lemonade and orange juice. I don't need a straw. Do you use it though? No, I take it out and I put it assertively on the top of the bar. <laughs> Stabs the barman die with it. That was to say. Yeah. No, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> you just you should just that, throw it back in there. That's why I stop drinking. Avoid <laughs> just that sort of thing. Well, as I said the other week, Alex, when you said you deal with crowd trouble as a policeman, in the same way that. Nero used to read poetry to the angry mob. I just imagined you reading old Blizzard <laughs> articles <laughs> in a crowd of sort of three, four hundred angry Millwall fans. You're all there sort of reading prose. Uh, I remember Mil- Millwall Wigan FA Cup semi final. Oh. That that went massively off, and that was, <laughs> my cereal was the only cereal, like, group of officers was the only one basically in between two large groups of Millwall fans and we're on the radio going can we please have some other people and it took about 10 minutes to get there and it was just an absolute stick fest and in amongst it all you were there reading about Frank Pushkas in the 1954 World Cup Uh, yeah exactly I was just you know everything I've learned about morality (laughs) trying to get them to swallow a Camus quote but they wouldn't have it Tuesday night also saw Louis van Gaal being booed with his spe- uh, speech on the pitch at the end until he said that United fans are the best in the world and then they all cheered him again. They're a classy lot, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, and they didn't win by their 19-goal margin, so they do miss out on the Champions League. <laughs> Rooney had a pretty good game there, didn't he? Uh, one goal, one assist, and one sort of, sort of pass to the person who made the assist. Um, he's dropping back into midfield more and more, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. That, that's called a pre-assist, isn't it? That's the sort of thing that Arsenal fans get really excited about. <laughs> pre-assist and net spend. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, net spend's crucial, man. Don't knock that. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to read Alex's football, uh, football manager blocks for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but he's doing all right, isn't he? As he drops a bit further back. Uh, worryingly, because cause I thought he was really good in that role um, in the FA Cup semi-final against Everton. And it's exactly the sort of thing that will now have this massive clamour for him to be selected in that role in the Euros. And I find that deeply worrying. Can we find him, see him as some sort of um, Scouse Pirlo in years to come? (laughs) Definitely not, no. (laughs) He doesn't have a fraction of the elegance or talent of that man. (laughs) Putting them in the same sentence is blasphemy. So if he's playing in that position, England, I'm going to presume, are playing 4-2-3-1. Is, he, is that going to see Rooney sitting alongside Dyer? Four, two, three. Well, you'd have Kane up top, wouldn't you? They'd have Rooney 
sort of number 10. On either side of him, you'd have Vardy and... Um, Sturridge or... Sturridge or someone, wouldn't you? Sterling, if he's fit. Yeah. So you'd have Rooney sort of dropping back into sort of a number 10 role, wouldn't you? Yeah, I'd still, obviously, Wilshere's not playing football this season, but I'd still rather see him at number 10 <laughs> than Rooney. Oh, Wilshere's going to get in. I think Wilshere's probably got pictures of Roy Hodgson doing something <laughs> he shouldn't... Definitely, because I don't know how he keeps getting into these squads. <laughs> By not playing football. No. And having terrible black smokers lungs as well. <laughs> and Actually, that's the one, the one thing I like about Jack Wilshire is that he smokes. Really? It's, it's the only common ground I can find with him. <laughs> Quite a few footballers do, don't they? I mean, you're not a massive bell end, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was our secret, Laura. Uh, There's many a smoking footballer, isn't there? Yeah, Berbatov. Messi? Oh, yeah. Berbatov played like he did it on the pitch quite a lot. <laughs> but the, the, there are pictures of Berbatov smoking where you're just like, that's why teenagers start smoking. Yeah. <laughs> the coolest man of all. Just makes it look ridiculously cool. Yeah, but Tim Henman smokes. Oh, that's what? not cool. That's that's definitely not cool. He yeah. does. Sounds shocked I, by this. Tim, Tim Henman probably smokes fucking menthol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently he does. Do you think he's a silk cup man? I bet he is. Is a la- or a menthol? Menthol. The lighter the better. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Copa Libertadores. Let's. I'll say it again. Copa Libertadores quarterfinals this week. Um. Sao Paulo through to the semis if they beat Atletico Mineiro on away goals. Um, but first legs, you had Rosario of Argentina beat Atletico Nacional of Colombia 1-0. Uh, Independiente of Ecuador beat uh, Unam of Mexico 2-1. And Nacional of Uruguay drew 1-1 with Boca. Um, I don't know why I'm doing the Copa Libertadores these last few weeks, but I just quite like saying these places. <laughs> Desperate for football, Chris, aren't they? Yeah. Well, there's, a, there's another podcast that we, we can't name. Um, but... They do Copa Libertadores sections on there, and there's a Mexican guy on there, and it's like poetry listed to him, reel these names off. All uh, right, we got one northerner, two people from the south coast, and Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my location doesn't even get <laughs> That's Northampton, isn't it? Yep. Yep, there you go, the hotbed of Mexican support. <laughs> um, some friendlies this week as well, isn't there? Hungry Ivory Coast on Friday, and then... Puerto Rico, USA on Sunday. That must be a local derby, is that? Um, and then, are we playing Turkey on Sunday? Are we? Playing Australia, aren't we? Playing Australia next Thursday, according to the BBC. Look how yeah. we are in England. When Somebody have a Google. Turkey at the Etihad. Yeah. My fellas just whispered at me. <laughs> Christ, romance, eh? <laughs> <laughs> He says the sweetest thing. <laughs> I actually, I got a text from my girlfriend earlier asking me what I was up to this evening and I said I was recording a podcast. Her response was, I wish it wasn't about football so I could listen to it. <laughs> I've had the same thing. Oh, thank, thanks for your support, darling. My wife has never listened to one of these. We've been doing these, like, three, two, three years now. Yeah. It's kind I of d- a good job, really, isn't it? Oh, really? Yeah, Probably. It does beg a question, though. What what sort of podcast that I did would my girlfriend listen to? What would I have to be talking about? Mm. What should she listen to? Well, not like that, but... <laughs> <laughs> I was about to sort of sit there, like, phrasing. I've heard you on a podcast before talking about Scrabble. 
Me? Yeah. Well, that was probably another football podcast, though, it, because I, it I was, have yeah. this tendency <laughs> to digress. <laughs> it was another football podcast, but yeah, you were talking about Scrabble. You were proclaiming yourself some unofficial Scrabble champion. Uh, mm, well, that might be overstating the case, but but I'm quite handy. <laughs> what are you like with two letter words? <laughs> That's where you win, isn't it? Yeah, it, yeah. It's it's certainly part of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we're playing Turkey, yeah, Turkey on Sunday because it normally ends well when we play them, doesn't it? <sighs> um, and there's some cup finals in Europe this week. It's also some pretty tasty ones. Uh, Copa del Rey is uh, Barcelona Seville. Germany is uh, Bayern Munich. Borussia Dortmund, France is PSG Marseille, and Italy is Milan Juve. Some good ones there, aren't there? Hmm. Did you see uh, Zlatan's last game? Did he PSG. score two goals? Oh, he scored an absolutely glorious goal, and then just kind of substituted himself off. I don't like Zlatan. Just walked off the pitch. Right, you, don't, yeah, you don't like Zlatan? No. That's How it. can you not like Zlatan? He's an absolute bellend. <laughs> yeah, but he's... He is such a magnificent perfection of Bellendery. <laughs> you can't help but admire. The man defines hubris. See, I've, got, I've got no problem with arrogance. I quite like Mark Cavendish. He's my favourite cyclist. And he's arrogance personified. But there's just something really dislikable about Zlatan. But Fasc- he, he, fascinating his book story. is I Am Zlatan. Like, it, it, it's his own name. Yeah, I read it and it made me my opinion he's- of him worsen. You know, apparently most of the quotes in that are actually made up. Yeah. <laughs> Did you not like his, com- his uh, twit pic that he posted, Chris? I came like a king and left like a legend. Yeah. What a cock. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, would you not like to see him at Man United next year, though, or in the Premier League? Well, I would, because I think he'd be terrible for Manchester United. <laughs> um... <laughs> I think well, I think if he did go to Manchester United, in all honesty, can you imagine a forward line of him and Rooney? That would kill Rashford, wouldn't it? Pace. Yeah, um, Rashford would be stuck out wide, wouldn't he? Yeah, and then Martial would be oh. on the bench or something. Yeah. Um, but no, he scored two goals, didn't he? And then his kids walked on and took him off or something, did they? It was basically yeah. just a testimonial for Ibra. <laughs> yeah, the, the, I think the game actually stopped yeah. just so he could come off the pitch. I think it was ten minutes when it stopped and then he just had a, a standing ovation from everyone and then they carried on. Yeah, and then as you said, you know, his kids came on, one with King and one with Legend on. So <laughs> you, you must have enjoyed that. Are they just the names of his kids? <laughs> so I wouldn't be surprised if you just called it like Slatan One and Slatan <laughs> Like Nigel Lawson did with Nigel Junior yeah. and Nigel Nigella. Slatana. <laughs> um so Euro two thousand sixteen squads have been announced. Without going through all of them, I've got some here with some notable omissions. First of all, Portugal, Ricardo Quaresma is in. Jesus. That's no, the, that's the best news I've seen all year. Hanging on to that golden generation, aren't they? Oh, honestly, I'm so oh, happy. That Chelsea legend. <laughs> <laughs> he should have been in that five-a-side thing. <laughs> um, France out for France is Gamiero, Valbuena, uh, Lacazette, and Hatton Ben Arthur. France have an embarrassment of riches in that squad, don't they? They do. I still don't think they're going to win it, though. I'd love them to. Well, I'm obviously going to say Germany are going to win it, but. Yeah, That's what I'm thinking as well. Yeah. Uh, ben Arthur has been linked with Barcelona as well, hasn't he? Well, on Newcastle, well handled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he couldn't even get in the whole team, could he? <laughs> <laughs> and Lacazette, who's been linked with West Ham as well, isn't he? 
Yeah, it turned down what a thirty-one million pound bid. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, West Ham are just bidding thirty-one million pounds on anyone. From what <laughs> I saw the other day. Well, they can do for Ben Teke. Well. Um, what do they do now that they're not paying for their stadium? Yeah, they've got a load of cash in their pocket, haven't they? Mm. So. There's a very good Blizzard podcast that came out last week about how Manchester City basically got bought by the Abu Dhabis uh, on the back of getting a free stadium. It worked. It worked. I mean, the, the point was they are of a very similar size club to Everton. And you look at all the struggle Everton are having buying or building, uh, getting planning permission for a new stadium. Mm. Manchester City got handed one and have not looked back since. Mm. Um, Belgium, uh, Nasser Chadley and Kevin Morales are out. Ryan, who's their captain? Hazard. Yes. Imagine even Hazard being your captain. That's an inspirational Richard the Lionheart <laughs> figure, isn't it? <laughs> well, I don't know if you... With Hazard, did you see this the other day? After the Chelsea game... Oh, that little Terry. Kid. So, Terry, yeah, Terry was giving his speech anyway. Everyone was paying attention to, ter- to Terry. And Hazard Jill was just tripping up his son. <laughs> Proper competitive tra- dad, wasn't he? His son tried to kick the ball, so he moved out of the way. I was thinking, oh, that's a bit, that's a bit rude. Yeah. And then his son went after the ball. He just tripped him up. <laughs> I was like, there's your captain. Don't <laughs> say, say Zlatan's a balance. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he's... He, Better that he did it to the ball boy anyway, so it's fine. Yeah, I like Hazard. Ball man. The ball, boy. ball man, yeah. Uh, and England uh, have announced their squad. Uh, no Jermaine Defoe, which I think is a shame. Uh, no Theo Walcott. Marcus Rashford is in, which I think is a shame because it's going to ruin him. Um, but the biggest shame, only three centre-backs. No Phil Jagielka. Well, I'm assuming they're counting Dyer as can play there if need be. Yeah, you imagine at a quarter-final, yeah. you got a, a suspended centre-half and... An injured other one or something, and then in comes Eric Dyer for a quarter final against Germany. I'm more worried about Gary Cahill being there. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, come on, <laughs> come on now. He is average at best. Oh yeah, don't get me wrong. He's he's, <laughs> he's been awful this season. The thing with this squad, I mean, Rashford might not actually go though. I thought they said it, it's a 26 man squad and it has to go down to 23, doesn't it? Yeah, it's provisional. Yeah. So Rashford probably won't even go. I hope he doesn't for his own sake because you can see him be doing a Theo Walcott. Well, it's exactly yeah. the same situation as when they took Theo Walcott. Yeah. There's yeah. all this uproar about, oh, he's only played one game and he was good in that, so we'll take him. And, yeah. and Walcott's never looked back. He became an England. Oh, no, he didn't. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. He's had a terrible career. <laughs> I'm assuming it'd be Rashford, Townsend and Delph that would drop out. See, I can see him taking Townsend because... He's like a little lucky charm, isn't he? Yeah, but I mean, that's the thing. Like, he, he didn't pick any West Ham players, but he picked a Championship player, <laughs> and a man that's not played for which football is, this season. Which, <laughs> Fabio Delph. Oh, who did he play for? He play, does he still play for Villa? No, he plays for Man City. We'll, we'll take him. <laughs> Alex, I, Andros Townsend, and Avon Barksdale. Uh, I don't. I don't get I, this this thing of taking players to tournaments so that they can experience it. And, and build them for the next time mystifies me totally. Yeah. It's, it's almost like, right, so we're going to take you abroad, so <laughs> you'll need a passport. And, and it's, you know, these, these, are, these are guys who are playing European competitions, most of them. So it's not like the experience of playing football in another country is particularly surprising to them. And, and the one argument that you could make for it being a useful experience would be giving them the experience of, of playing an actual match under yeah. those conditions. And they never fucking do don't. that. 
So it's basically like th- this is what it's like to stay in a hotel where there's lots of <laughs> there's lots of media outside. outside. Oh, oh, well, that that'll be helpful yeah. for the next time I play football. Thanks. That's what they talked about when they were in South Africa, weren't it? Though they were talking about how bored they were because yeah. they were just holed up in that complex for a month. Mm. Like Waco. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. You see, <laughs> if they did something other than play fucking computer games, and I know that is a little hypocritical on my part. <laughs> I, you know, I do also read books and go for long walks and so on. But you know, that that's all footballers seem to do these days. You know, at least in 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 the good old days, they they'd be seen in like normal pubs and talking to people. Well, you're, and not so, gonna, you're not going to so, be in normal pub if you're on a tour. It's not like Franny Lee went abroad and started reading Nietzsche or anything, is it? <laughs> I'm not suggesting they should read Nietzsche because then Joey Barton would probably be selected. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I I don't think it's hard to conceive of a current Premier League footballer being bored because they, there's nothing they don't think, do they? They just sit around and play FIFA and then go and train and make shit adverts for trainers and mm-hmm. stuff. Well, when it came to head and shoulders, <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't get me started. Play Tom Eaton for fuck's sake. When they were in South Africa, they did organise trips, didn't they, to Robin Island and places like that. And none of the England players turned up for the excursions. They yeah, no but idea about it. to be fair, I, I, I didn't know who Nelson Mandela was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not sure I'd be I'd be too comfortable going on excursions in in South Africa. I think it's quite a it's quite a moody environment, isn't it? Yeah, this is a squad that's got Jamie Vardy in it. He knows some places. Going to the Euros is a bit like going on a school trip. And you sort of, it's like, we're going to go to the, this place today, we're going to go to this place. And I'm just like, I just want to just get a tan. And these probably players are just thinking, I mean, it's a free holiday, but. Jamie Vardy sat at the back of the yeah. bus right oh, I've just realised it. <laughs> J- Jamie Vardy and Jack Wilshire. Oh, abroad together it's oh. going to be like Magaluf it's going to be the sun's <laughs> best summer ever Yeah, imagine Roy bringing them to the front of the coach because they've been naughty yeah you two sit here I'll keep an eye on you <laughs> yeah no one on one side one on the other I don't want you sitting next to each other you next to Gary Neville yeah you Jamie you hold Gary Neville's hand <laughs> and Jamie Valley's like getting something out of his coat he's like what is that it's not booze <laughs> <laughs> Roy's got to smell all the fucking Coke bottles when they get up. Oh, not you again. And when they come back, there'll be this thing where they pull the bus over to one side. And I'm talking from experience. (laughs) Pull the bus over to one side just before they go through customs. Right, now is your opportunity to get rid of anything that you may have bought by accident. (laughs) Jamie Vardy's putting some bangers down. (laughs) Get away with that. Uh, If you wanted to see who's in and out of various European squads, you can go to our new Man on the Post Instagram account. You can, at Man on the Post. At Man on the Post, uh, and whose uh, updates will automatically link across to our Twitter account, if I can remember what the password was for our uh, Twitter account. I've told you um, so many times. <laughs> yeah, but I... pictures of? Sorry? What are you going to take pictures of? Well, at the moment, I've been taking screenshots of other people's Euro, uh, Euro <laughs> squads and posting them. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Well, follow yeah, uh, when it comes to the end of that, I've got absolutely no idea. It did seem a good idea at the time. I, I, I mean, the best-looking players at the Euros, the best haircut. 
Yeah. I'm, the, I'm your fourth follower on Instagram. Congratulations. Can you start doing oh, you. Uh, things like Tino Espria? Oh. <laughs> Chris and his dinosaur outfit. Yes, yeah. he's been at it again, hasn't he? <laughs> Has anyone seen him in his dinosaur outfit pole dancing? No. <laughs> this was a few weeks ago. I keep forgetting to mention it. But, yeah, he, um, he's, in his various updates of being in the gym and everything, he was pole dancing in his front room in his dinosaur outfit. He is loving life, isn't he? Yeah. Can we do a crowdfunding exercise to get Chris a dinosaur outfit? <laughs> Yes. I said, go to Kickstarter, everyone. We're going to have a new campaign coming. Well, if you get a pole installed, I'd dance, I'd dance off a lamppost outside of my house. Just <laughs> a dinosaur. You could recreate, like, pole dark. I could, yeah. Well, I remember Jamie Lee Curtis in True Lies, where she did that dance around. Oh, Schwarzenegger. my God. <laughs> oh, no, no, Chris, please. <laughs> Ross there, stuffing tenors down my shorts. <laughs> Do dinosaurs wear shorts? <laughs> Um, the one of dinosaur, the dinosaurs on dinosaurs did, didn't they? You know the puppet thing. Oh, they used to scare me. That program where the chief, di- the daddy dinosaur, looked like Luke Carpenter out of Neighbours. <laughs> <laughs> you get a Barney costume for one hundred and forty-five quid on eBay. There, there you go. go. Yeah, <laughs> that'll do me. <laughs> yeah, get following man on the post. We will be doing various updates throughout the um, throughout the Euros and beyond. I set it up as an idea uh, just because we didn't have one, and then I've. Got absolutely no idea what to send pictures out of. So, I bloody love Instagram. It's brilliant. Um, I've got. I've no, I don't really use it as much as maybe I should. I, I just look at pictures of Daisy Lowe, to be honest. Yeah. Well, Olivier Giroud's going to the Euro, so I expect lots of pictures of that man. Okay, who's the who's Daisy Lowe? Who's Daisy Lowe? Yeah, so that's I, it. Oh, no, God, mate, honestly, <laughs> I've always sounded like my dad or something. Christ, all my, just Google her. Well, so. I'm following Maria Sharapova on Twitter and, <laughs> and in real life, so. <laughs> Imagine being that Petri dish you had to do that wee into. Oh, you. <laughs> that's maybe the worst thing that's ever been said in this podcast, Chris. In five years. Congratulations. <laughs> You'd uh, never wash again. Right, should we talk about the Football League and its new ideas? Yeah, go on. Uh, well, they released a statement today where they want to rebrand the Football League um, from about three or four years' time. But they've called it, quote-unquote, a whole game solution. Uh, what they want, they want four leagues of 20 clubs below the Premier League, um, and they want to revamp the League Cup and the FA Trophies so there's not as many fixtures played. And basically, the aim is to redistribute uh, finances for all Football League clubs so it's a bit fairer and um, uh, reduce the number of midweek matches as well. I have to say, I quite like the idea of this. Ross, you said no, didn't you? No. I, I, you don't yeah. like change, do you? <laughs> no, I don't like change. Well, it, it needs to have 90% of the vote, doesn't it, from all the Football League clubs to pass. Oh, does it? That's right. What okay. it said. I, I can't see any way 90% is going to agree to this. I think the lower half of the Football League would, because it would save yeah, them... I disagree. I think the lower half are going to get the shitty end of the stick here, because they're going to be getting rid of four teams of each league. Mm. All right, so they're missing what eight eight games, four home matches where they're going to be able to generate revenue. Yeah. But aren't they going to recover that revenue from the deal though? Is that not how it's going to work? No, the football league gets fuck all from the Sky deal. Well, no, they're not. I know that the Premier League were talking about giving generously, weren't they, out of this TV deal? But we all know that that's not going to happen. Are you saying Peter Scoon won white line? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't possibly say that without getting sued. So. Um, <laughs> My natural stance on this sort of thing, if it's an idea that's proposed by football's governing bodies, it's probably bad for football. 
That's, that's good, for the, good for their wallets. Good, good for their wallets, shit for fans. The Football it's League not... CEO is Sean Harvey. Sean Harvey was League United Chief Executive under Ken Bates. Well, there you go then. A man that put us into administration three times. Um, and he didn't oh, know I like him. who the owner of Leeds was when he was Chief Exec. This I man like runs him. the Football League. To be fair, you change it so often. <laughs> <laughs> True, but an absolute charlatan and a man who has put more than more than just leads into administration at this time. He he hates the football league. Would you not think that if you've got four leagues of twenty instead of um, seventy-two clubs, you've then got eighty clubs who take a greater slice of the pie, more professional teams, something more to aim at for conference teams? Can we just call it a conference league three? Because yeah. most of the clubs in that league are all former <laughs> league clubs anyway now. No, yeah. I, I think it's just a back uh, backdoor way of getting um, B teams in. Mm. Yeah, Someone's mentioned this already, haven't they? That's what I'd want. I'd want B teams. I think I like the idea of how Spain do it. Almost like you have a B team because it would make the youth system a bit more relevant in this country because you'd have young players playing in slightly more competitive leagues than going out on loan and sitting on some some bench somewhere. Um, if you have an opportunity to do B teams, then for me as a Chelsea fan, I'd get to see a lot more Chelsea youngsters <laughs> playing in England. Is, though is that teams like Chelsea, they buy up all of the good young talent. Mm. I'm using my club as an example. We have a lot of young kids that come through. They just get bought by the Premier League clubs and then shipped off to Chelsea B to play in League 2 or League 3. You don't have to accept the transfer bids, though. <laughs> Uh, you do if they're a certain age. Do you? Yeah, it just gets settled by an arbitration panel. Yeah. Okay. So you have no choice. I, it's, it's just the way. I don't know. I, I'm, just, I'm just against it, basically. It's it's it's, it's effectively they're on a <clears throat> up until a certain age. I can't remember if it's 18 or something, but they're on a pre-contract deal. Mm. So another club can come in and offer them a contract, and then an arbitration panel says, "Okay, because you've." train them between the ages of I don't know 15 and 17 you deserve a certain amount of money in recompense but you can't actually block it yeah you're right that happened to us with somebody we sold to Bolton and now he's somewhere in league two not doing well (laughs) poor John Bostock remember him Uh, oh next big thing he's in Belgium now Mm. is he yeah yeah um yeah, I don't have a massive problem with B teams. I remember Ian McIntosh on the Guardian podcast had a huge problem and kind of scared me as I was listening to it, so I can't remember. <laughs> but I don't actually have a, an enormous problem with B teams. But again, that's maybe from the viewpoint of me and Ryan supporting the clubs we support and yourself yeah. supporting yeah, the ones you support. That's the point, isn't it? Is it's good for Premier League teams. It's not good for like non-league teams mm. who no. are who've got no chance of competing for players against these B teams. <clears throat> So they'll just go out of business. And if you look at Southampton, who obviously went all the way down to League One and then came back, they did that largely by by keeping hold of their young players, developing them and using them as the foundations for moving up and then adding players as they needed to. So if we'd been stripped of that, then it would have been extraordinarily difficult to, to come through with all of those guys and then turn some of them either into good first team players for us or or saleable assets for for other clubs that wanted to come in so yeah I I don't think it's a great idea do you know what makes me most sad about this proposal 
is the death of the night match. I'd love a night match. Mm. Mm. Yeah, the that's is quite romantic. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it freaks in your heart off in December <laughs> with a bovril. Yeah. Sorry, do you all watch football in the 1930s or something? <laughs> I get bothered when I go to Fratton Park, and I'm probably the only person that ever does that. You go to Fratton Park occasionally, yeah. And you hate you hate Portsmouth. I sit with the Pompey fans and cheer on the other team. <laughs> you still you still contribute to their transfer fund though when you go in. Kind of my cousin, well, my wife's cousin has a season ticket, so I just to take that when she's not available. Oh, true. <laughs> Uh, right, well, also this weekend we've got the FA Cup final, as we said. Um, this is a replay of the 1990 final, which Radio started would after a replay. Um, Palace with their two league wins in 2016. Who can see them winning? Oh, I actually I'll sort of can. <clears throat> well, they... they um, I heard a stat on something else, and they've not, they've not beaten United in something stupid like 25 years, except... In a 2011 cup game, well, so the it. only the only time they've beaten United in what is effectively football's living memory was in a cup match, um, and they, and have, they have. Well, yeah, they've got, but they've got players who, if if they with a lot of space at Wembley because it's a big pitch, if you get players like Punchin and Balassi and Zaha playing at their peak then they might actually be all right. Well, they've got Kabai, Wickham, Zaha and Sacco probably fit. Um, Joe Ledley's still out. Um, Zaha's going to have a point to prove, I think, as well. I'd have thought so. <coughs> Absolutely. I'd have thought so. United have had a very easy route to this final, haven't they? Sheffield United, Derby, Shrewsbury, West Ham, I know, took them to a, a replay, and then Everton in the semi. Yeah, didn't they make hard work of it as well? Yeah. Which one? Most of them them. they did, actually, didn't they? (laughs) Sheffield United they did, didn't they? The only only game where they looked really convincing was that Everton game. That says a lot about Everton, yeah. Mm, Exactly. Um, No, I think think, um, Palace are the sort of side that if, you know, on it's one of those silly, trite, cliche things, isn't it? But on their day, they can give any team a really good run. And, And a team like United, if they go behind then I think they'll really struggle to rouse themselves. You think even though the midfield dynamo of Fellaini and Rooney? <laughs> uh, Fellaini wasn't too bad against Everton, in fairness to him. I mean, not, they, they were quite good against Everton, those two. Um, but no, I just I just think Palace will have a big point to prove. United might struggle... Um, in terms of containing their really exciting players and generating their own attacking momentum. And if Palace score early, then I think they could do it. Agreed. I mean, Van Gaal needs the win, doesn't he? Um, he's, if he, if they lose this, I think he's probably gone. Um, so they desperately, desperately need the win. And Alan Pardew needs another six months of pretending like he's a good manager for certain clubs. Is there anybody secretly hoping Manchester United wins so it means Louis van Gaal stays and destroys them? <laughs> a little bit, yeah, actually. Because <laughs> then it means Jose doesn't go there for at least another season. If destroying them is the end goal, then yeah, I'm all for it. Bring it on. Yeah. <laughs> Let's play the long game on this. <laughs> yeah. um, I think, it, like you say, whoever said it about the, the, the fact that the pitch is bigger and Palace have got very pacey players, then I think that could play into their hands. But also, United have got Martial, haven't they? Yeah, Martial's pretty quick, isn't he? 
I would not like to call this one. I think it is incredibly close, isn't it? Although so I will... It kind of it, reminds me of the Man City Stoke one from a few years back. Yes. That was 1-0, wasn't it? So that was quite a, a tight one. Yeah. I, I think it also depends a lot on what... I mean, this is kind of a statement of the obvious, but Van Gaal has been so um, unorthodox in his various selections that it is nigh on impossible to predict what sort of team he's going to pick. <laughs> Yeah. And it and and he could do one of those things like oh I'm I'm gonna pay you know Cameron Borthwick Johnson in midfield because fuck it why not why not <laughs> yeah right. and exactly. then put Fellaini up front <laughs> it, you know he is capable of that sort of idiosyncrasy and so you could I mean Palace are going to have a pretty settled side they're going to know what their best eleven is quite straightforwardly they could be facing any number of permutations. <laughs> in terms of what United put out. And you could end up looking at the United team sheet on the day and thinking, what the actual fuck, let me stick <laughs> it for a palace. <laughs> you just don't know with Van Gaal, do you? So, Is anyone going to watch this game? Yeah, I'll watch it. Yeah. I'll try to, yeah. Five o'clock kickoff. Yes. I, I, I should like actually watch football more often. So. <laughs> <laughs> There's not enough of it on TV, that's the problem. I might have it on. It depends if I can get CBBS off for long enough. Oh yeah, that's the problem. Yes, actually we progressed. We're on CBBC now. It's a whole lot better. I heard you talk about horrible histories the other day. Great. Yeah. Oh, honestly, it's like human TV again. Horrible, <laughs> horrible history is on Netflix, <laughs> but not Chris. If you want to catch them anymore, I had Netflix for a month and I got rid of it. Oh yeah. I watched Narcos and I didn't see anything else. I just didn't get the time to. I'm into the lesbian pirates in Black Sails at the minute. Has this anyone seen that? Mysteries? No, you're, no. You're a deviant, aren't you? <laughs> I thought I was bad. I just realised this. Well, no, I just maybe you've got less of a filter than me. Or something. <laughs> What's not to like? There's pirates and there's lesbians. Oh, mate, I'm all in favour of that. <laughs> this podcast has taken a very weird turn this week. You tell us the end of the season. Can't you? Yeah, I'm in season. That's it. <laughs> you're on the beach. <laughs> Well, other than lesbian pirates, this summer you've also got the Euros, the Copa America, the Copa Libertadores, and the Olympics, all with footballing. Because um, this is a year with even numbers, it means there's football in the summer. My main look forward to the summer is for Chris to get furious at cycling and start arguments with um, Adam. Over yes, it. and Laura. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we have, a, we have a, 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 an argument every summer about cycling. <laughs> What's the argument? I don't believe Chris Sky. everyone's a cheat. Well, no, I think I think one group of people in particular is. It, it rain. It, it sort of has um, two points to it. It's basically Chris Froome's a cheat, and Andrew Talansky's got a massive penis. I, I can say I can say <laughs> one of those is definitely true because I've seen his penis. Mm. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we don't tend to argue about the second point, but the first <laughs> point we do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's a whole different podcast in itself. We might, we might do that one over the summer. You, you three can that, get on. That, that might be the one that my girlfriend listens to. <laughs> <laughs> An hour-long podcast on Andrew Talansky's penis. That does sound like the sort of thing she'd tune in for. So it is magnificent. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, uh, right. Well, okay. Has anyone else got anything they want to talk about at all before we sign off? Uh, no. No. No, I'm all right. Ooh. Laura. No, all good. All good in the hood. People know you, during the Euros, you'll get almost, I want to say daily, but probably every other day, podcasts. Yeah, we promised this before in the World Cup, didn't we? 
<laughs> yeah, it proves tricky to get at least two of our 15 people together. Yes, at any one given point. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah we, we, we did some, didn't we, in the World Cup, some podcasts. So we'll we try and do some of that. Rules, that's not bad. Oh, did we? Yeah. It just seemed like lots of people cancelling at the last minute. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a regular Sunday occurrence for me. Oh, fair enough. Uh, but we've got a post-Champions League um, show coming up, haven't we? Yes, and we're going to do some end-of-season awards, aren't we? Yes, we so are as well. If you can uh, we get some of those things together, we'll put them on Twitter and Instagram and all of our social media outlets. Yeah, and I've still got your predictions you made in August as well, uh, that we read out last week that never got to see the light of day, so they're going to come out again. That's definitely not the reason that podcast didn't come out. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we've got that one. we have some Euro shows over the um, course of uh, the next few weeks as well. Um, Ryan, if they want to follow you on Twitter, how do they do that? Uh, my Twitter handle is at the Ryan Goodman. Ross? Uh, Ross Bell, 1984. Laura? Uh, at Yeah, Store, and I'm not spelling it out. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, what about you? Uh, at AFH Stuart with an E double E. Okay, there we go. Uh, at Man on the Post is the Twitter account for ourselves. Uh, Man on the Post is obviously now the Instagram account we've got. Um, I'm sure there's a Facebook group knocking around somewhere, isn't there? Uh, I'll get notifications about it, but yeah, don't ever use that. No, Just okay. use Twitter. Let's use Twitter. That's all you need to do to follow us. And, and Instagram, guys. Instagram. Instagram, Instagram. And the You've new get message. The Give us one for being... a dinosaur outfit. <laughs> <laughs> the website's yeah. been full redesign as well over the summer. Oh, excellent. So we've got some of that. Hopefully some new articles coming up soon and over the course of the summer as well. So that's all for that. Uh, is there a show this Sunday post-FA Cup? Uh, maybe. Who knows? Maybe. No okay. idea of availability of anyone on the Sunday show. That's what uh, I like about this podcast. It's professional. <laughs> and there will possibly be a pre-Champions League show next week as well. So yeah. uh, And friendlies as well. So stay tuned for what may or may not be coming out. Um, but if you subscribe to us on Acast or iTunes, of course, it comes automatically, doesn't it? Exactly. It just turns up on your phone. Exactly. If you leave a five-star review, have we still got any fridge magnets left? Uh, Colin's moved house, but I'm sure we've got some somewhere. Yeah, five-star reviews get you a fridge magnet. So I please might, leave I some of those. I might get some badges to send out to people. I know that. There you go, man of the post badges. All everyone loves the badge. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. And all that makes me said is always keep your man on the post. Weeks. It did. It was terribly hissy last week, wasn't it? Yeah. And that was just Chris. That was just me, yeah. <laughs> Chuck's a proper hissy fit. <laughs> My Mariah Carey list of demands every week. Did you see her in the week? No. She, re- she turned up late to a live show and then demanded that the uh, host switch seats because she didn't like the one that she was sitting in. <laughs> it's all happening like live on television. Did you ever hear the quote about her and the African children? <laughs> no. She apparently said that when she sees the news that all the children are starving in Africa, she said she wouldn't mind being that thin apart from all the flies. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh fucking hell. <laughs> That's so outrageously savage. <laughs> That's pretty bad, isn't it? That is pretty bad. <laughs>